You're listening to the Effortless Life Podcast, episode 54. My guest today is here to talk about the best way to pivot your brand when you feel pulled in a different direction. So if you're feeling called to do something different and you're afraid to make the leap, then today's episode is for you. Stay tuned. Globally ranked among the top shows in business and education, we're changing the way entrepreneurs work by changing the way they think about work. If you're ready to run your business like a real CEO, instead of your business running you, you're in the right place. You don't have to work as hard as you think you do to create the influence, income, and impact you deserve. It's time for a new way to do business. This is the Effortless Life Podcast. Here's your host, Courtney Elmer. Before we jump in today, let's give a shout out to our featured listener of the week, Chelsea, who says, Courtney has amazing tips to keep you on track and to help you reach your goals in a way that doesn't feel hard. I have decided to take the leap to start my brand this year to empower other women, and I am so excited to put Courtney's advice into action. Chelsea, first of all, congrats on your new business. That's amazing that you're taking steps to pursue your dreams. And I want to thank you for being a loyal listener here on the show each week. It means the world to me to know that what we're doing here is helping you reach your goals and to do it in a way that feels easy and effortless. That's what we're on a mission to do because, hey, I believe the less time and energy you spend working in your business, bogged down by all that busy work, then the more time and energy you have to step out in front of your business as the visionary leader, your business needs to succeed. We're here to equip you with the tools to do that. So remember, for you listening, I love this segment where we give our loyal listeners like you a shout out on the show every week. So when you leave us a five-star review, you'll get the chance to be featured as our next listener of the week. I would love to hear your biggest takeaway about how this podcast is helping you in your life and in your business. Recently in my business, I pivoted from the direction that I was headed to an entirely new direction that allowed me to speak my truth, follow my heart, and stop waiting for permission to do the things that I said I wanted to do. And it's brought me a lot of joy. But what about when you're in that moment when you feel called in a different direction, but you're afraid to step out and pursue it. Maybe you're afraid because it's something you've never done before. Maybe you're confused because you're not sure if that voice that's telling you to take the leap is really yours. Maybe it's because you've already built something that's successful and that by pivoting, you're afraid you'll lose what you've built, just like our guest here on the show today. But there comes a point in every entrepreneur's journey when a new idea takes hold. And you have a choice to follow where that idea is leading you or to stay where you are on this side of the unknown. And yeah, I get that it feels safe to stay on this side of the unknown. After all, it's what you know. It's what you're good at. But what are you missing out on by not taking the leap? You know, Liz Gilbert, the author of Eat, Pray, Love, said that the only way that an idea can be made manifest in our world is through collaboration with a human partner. Think about that for a second. That means that an idea needs you, the human, to bring it to life. And she goes on to say that when an idea thinks that it has found somebody like you who might be able to bring it into the world, 
the idea will pay you a visit. It will try to get your attention, but usually you're so distracted by your own stuff, your anxieties, your insecurities, your duties, that you aren't receptive to the inspiration. So the idea will try to wave you down. Maybe it's for a few days or a few months. Maybe it's for a few years. But when the idea finally realizes that you're oblivious to it, it will move on to someone else. And that's the downside of ideas. So in a quiet moment, when an idea asks you, do you want to work with me? You have two options for how to respond. You can say no which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Maybe it truly isn't the right moment. Or maybe you're already engaged in a different project. Mostly, people say no. Most of their lives, people just walk around day in, day out, saying no, 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 no. But then again, someday you might just say yes. And when you do, your job becomes both simple and difficult. Because you've officially entered into a contract with inspiration and you must try to see it through all the way to its impossible to predict outcome. And that, my friend, is the magic of the pivot. Leaning into the yes when an idea is meant for you. That's exactly what Elaine Rao did, my guest here on the show today. And in a moment, you're going to hear her tell the story of what it looked like to pivot from corporate into entrepreneurship and then pivot again after she recognized that when she was the most successful on the outside, she was the emptiest on the inside. Elaine had been in business for over four years. She had been featured on Forbes and Huffington Post and on over 500 other media sites. She had a combined total of 300,000 followers across her social media channels. And she realized something was missing. Something that money couldn't buy. And that was her sense of purpose. The reason behind why you do what you do. And so today, Elaine is here to show you how to get that sense of purpose back and to pivot even when everyone is watching. Let's roll the tape on that interview. Elaine, welcome to the Effortless Life Podcast. I am so excited that you're here today and I can't wait to hear your story because from what I know of you and from the growth that I have learned that you have had in your business, it's going to be fascinating to unpack this really for you to paint the picture of where you were to where you are. So let's start there. Why don't you just start by introducing yourself? Tell us a little bit about what you do. And then I want you to take us back to the beginning and really unpack for us what led you down this path. Yeah. Thank you so much, Courtney. This is such a pleasure to be on your podcast and I'm honored uh, for all the listeners listening out there. Um, but how it started is four years ago. Um, well, let me introduce myself first. <laughs> my name is Elaine Rao. I'm an award-winning blogging expert and I've taught on stages all over the world. I basically compiled all my blogging and Instagram knowledge into courses, been featured in like 500 plus magazines, books, publications, including Forbes, Huffington Post, Thrive. And actually this year I spoke at Inbound, which brings about 70,000 marketers worldwide just to learn different techniques and stuff. So it was definitely an honor to speak there. But how it all began was actually, I call myself an accidental or circumstantial entrepreneur. I was working in the wedding industry and rose through the ranks and basically became the national wedding sales manager. And I loved my job. Wedding industry was my dream job. 
But one day, my boyfriend at that time, he called me from overseas. He lived in Honduras and told me that his brother had just been murdered. And so I asked my boss if I could go see him, you know, attend the funeral and be with him. And his response shocked me because he said no. And the reason was because it would affect sales. So he basically, I had to make a decision between either relationship or career. And I chose relationship. So I moved to Honduras. I quit my job. And the transition was a lot harder than I had ever anticipated because I had left my home. I left everything I knew, like the life I built for 10 years in Chicago, you know, from a first world, you know, country to a developing country. And I mean, I didn't speak Spanish. It was just really, really hard. So I moved down there to help him, but it was, we were both helping one another, to be honest. You know, I really had nothing else to do. So when I was working in the wedding industry, actually as a, like a side hobby or just something that, you know, to, as a stress reliever, I um, was an intern at this, I blogged for this, this, this blogger and it was just so fun. But I related blogging with like a feeling of bliss, a feeling of power, a feeling of just happiness. And so I started my blog, Lady Boss Blogger, because I wanted to learn how to become a lady boss and how to become a blogger, whatever that meant. And so I just interviewed women. And this was also a great way for me to reach out and talk to women that I could actually, you know, communicate with online. And that's how it all started. And then after a week, when I started, I basically monetized a week later. And in retrospect, I didn't realize that that was really rare until after a year later, I was interviewed by the Huffington Post and they were like, how in the world did you scale so fast? And they were all talking about my blogging techniques. And I was like, oh, wow, I guess this is my super skill. So it wasn't until I think a year later that I realized that this was like the track that I've been meant to be on. Wow. Wow. Well, first of all, to back up for a second to that moment when your boss told you no mm-hmm. because of sales. I mean, my goodness. And our listeners, you know, a lot of them are come from the corporate space before jumping into the world of entrepreneurship. I did. I came from that background working nine to five, but it really wasn't nine to five because it was working every night, all through lunch break, every weekend, and that fast paced kind of lifestyle. And it is so unfortunately, so common, I feel like, that even if you're doing work that you love, when you're working for someone else, you know, sometimes the business trumps the people and the relationships. And unfortunate that you had that experience, yet fortunate at the same time, because look what door it opened for you and how incredible what has come since then. Right. And I'm honestly, I'm so glad that I was able, actually, once I left, I realized that it was actually a very verbally abusive environment that I didn't even see when I was in it. And I'm not trying to, you know, but it was just, I was scared to leave because I felt like I had reached the peak of my career and I had nothing else, nothing else could, you know, would, would be better than that. And he was threatening me. Like it was, it was a really bad situation. Actually, there's a whole backstory to that, that I won't get into, but it was really hard. So it wasn't just like, I, quit. I hired a lawyer to quit. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. And look, that feeling of being scared, I I can relate to that so much. And I'm sure those listening can too. We all face those moments of fear, but sometimes also when we've reached, like you said, that pinnacle in your business, and it's not necessarily the fear of, you know, jumping out or doing something new, or it's the fear of leaving something good Mm -hmm. for something at the time, which was unknown, right? Which later has become something great, right? But I always say that it's like the fear of leaving something good 
for something great. But in the moment, it's the fear of leaving something good. And then this unknown abyss that we really just don't know what is out there on the horizon. Right. But I think honestly, like, I'm glad I made the choice in terms of relationship over career, because I feel like I was, you know, like the most most of us are so career driven. And like, I sacrifice everything for career. Like if there was a hangout, and, and there was a client, client first, always. But I feel like actually now in my own business, I realize that it has to be the other way around relationships and the people that you're working, you know, to build a life for that comes first. Business is always second. A hundred percent. Yeah. You know, uh, those listening know my story and how a cancer diagnosis in my mid twenties woke me up to that exact same fact. And I think had that shake up not happened, just like had you not had this experience that maybe, you know, for some of us, even though we say our priorities are our relationships, our family, our health, what is the thing that we actually are putting first, you know, in our actions and in our life? And for me at the time, it was work, always work. Just like you said, I would cancel anything to meet with a client, you know, Pilates class. Oh, oh, that can wait. You know, the client needs to meet and they can only meet at this time. Right. And Mm -hmm. the things we sacrifice for the sake of success, yet how sometimes whenever we are forced to really come to terms with what's important in our life, a new perspective opens up and we can begin to see that we can build a career and have the success we want around the life that we want to. And it sounds like you've done that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I would say it's like a circle. So, but it's a circle that goes upward. So you learn and then you fail in terms of like you go back to your bad habits and you readjust and you reprioritize and then you know what I mean? It's a constant readjusting because our natural habits as workaholics, as overachievers is to always put career first. So I think that it's not like, oh, you reach this pinnacle of like, I got the perfect balance. It's like, I'm learning the perfect balance. Sometimes I'm down in the gutters and then sometimes, you know, I've rised above it. And, but it's a constant, you know, readjusting it, reorienting your life. I mean, even in 2020, like, I feel like I had a huge pivot And God was like, I mean, it was God, to be honest, just reoriented my life because I had hit like, you know, like in my eyes, I was like, so the most successful I've ever been, you know, the most money I've ever been making, like everything was like good, but I felt so purposeless. And I was like, what's going on? Why is it that like I've achieved so much yet I feel so empty? And so once again, that whole cycle, you know, I had to reevaluate different things. So it's a cycle. <laughs> yes, I agree with you. And I'm glad you bring that up too, because I do think that there is this tendency, especially in our culture here in the Western world, to find the perfect balance, for lack of a better way of putting it, right? And it's like this perfect ideal lifestyle that we all kill ourselves in the process to achieve. And how sometimes even when we do achieve the recognition, the financial success, you know, whatever that success looks like, that somehow we can still feel unfulfilled. So I'm really curious to hear more about this pivot. Would you share a little bit more about that with us? And what specifically do you think was missing that was causing you to feel unfulfilled? Um, I just felt like I was unmotivated. I felt like my motivation was stripped from me and I had no idea why. And I just realized that like, I was acting like, I mean, I was a CEO of my own life, but when you hit like the end of yourself, that's it. If you are like the king or queen of your own life, like where else are you supposed to go? You know what I mean? 
And so mm. you're like at the peak and all you can go is down unless there is something else out there, something above you, something. And it's like so prideful to say, you know, like I was like at the top, you know, but like, that's how I felt, you know? And it was just like, and that's what brought me down. But I think it was because like I had turned money into my idol and I had made money my ultimate purpose and I gave it way too much power over me. Um, and it was like my end all be all. So, but obviously with money, you can never have enough. It doesn't matter what your paycheck is. Everyone always wants more money. So it was like a never ending cycle that I was pursuing after that would never, ever be fulfilling. But I didn't know that. And so basically I realized that money would only give me fleeting success and happiness and only everlasting success and happiness can actually only be found in God. Yes. Wow. I love that so much. And that awareness, that deep awareness that you have to even recognize that. Because I think, you know, there's a lot of people out there who have achieved the success. They've got the money, they've got all the things and they feel empty. And like you said, they're at that point where they really just don't know where to go from there. And so they do nothing and then they backslide. And, you know, as you were sharing that, what really the image that really came to mind for me was just this idea of greatness. And I think we all aspire to greatness, but unless we have something greater than ourselves pulling us upward and onward, then we can become blinded almost and wrapped up in just what's in front of us. You know, whether that's something that's material, you know, the success or the feelings. Sometimes people chase feelings of satisfaction or fulfillment or success. Sometimes people can feel that, you know, and they're chasing that feeling. But it's amazing in those moments what we give our power away to mm-hmm. without even realizing it. And so the fact that you realized it and have had that awareness and have recognized that in yourself and in a sense recognize the opportunity that you have to grow is huge. And that is exactly where you need to be because that's what's going to help you continue to grow beyond even where you are now with all the success that you've had. Right. Cause I mean, I felt like there was like a disconnect. I feel like there was like the person I was into the world and then the person that I was, there, there was a part that I wasn't sharing or wasn't like connecting. And I just felt like I needed to connect the two pieces. And basically now I feel like it's whole, like my business is whole because I'm actually being who I am. I want to talk about God. I want to talk about what he's doing in my life. I, but the only way to do that is if you have like, I guess in my mind, I guess the only way to do that was to connect, you know, your business to Christianity and, you know, stuff like that. So the new mission that God gave me was basically helping Christian bloggers and Christian content creators monetize their content out there so that we can actually see more uplifting Christian content in the media, because the media is what changes the world. The, the media is so powerful. I mean, everything that you, you create out there, you know, when you like go on social media, when you go online, if we can fill it with uplifting message, then we can actually start to see a change. That's the new mission. You know, instead of just creating content for content's sake, it's just stuff, you know, like I'm tired of stuff. I have so much stuff, you know, yes. like what is the actual core? Like, yeah, I want to go online and, and find meaning, you know, and I, I really truly feel like uh, that's, this is the way to do it. Okay. I love this. And two things that really jump out at me as you were sharing. So the first one, before I forget, because I want to mention this, you know, how 
your past always informs your present, which informs your future. And so what I mean by that is, you know, you would have never had this awakening and realization or even recognize that this is kind of the new evolution of your mission to help Christian bloggers specifically get their voices into the media and to take back control of that story, right? That the media holds control over so much. And would do you think that you would have recognized that had you not gone down the journey and the path that you had gone down these past four years? In terms of like climbing the ladder of success and reaching like the end of myself? Yes. And even just the blogging experience that you've had and the experience in growing your platforms and courses, do you think that that in some way has shaped and led you to being being open and ready to take on this new mission? Yeah, I think that like, I mean, God knows us all and he knows how we operate. He knows how we learn. And this is the only way I think that he, you know, that could have truly opened my eyes in terms of like everything that you've ever wanted is here. Yet it's not enough. I am. And so for me, and I think for most overachievers and like workaholics out there, I think it does have to come to that point, you know? And I think that's powerful because that's a powerful testimony in terms of like, you know, everything that you're searching for, it will never be enough, you know, but we still have that, you know, like, so we still want to try to get it though. You know, I mean, it's, it's hard. Everyone learns differently though. But for me, that, that, this is what it was. (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. And I do feel that, you know, in my own life and I can relate to that where it's like, I don't know, almost an experience of, I don't think I would have learned the lessons I'm learning now had I not learned the lessons I needed to learn along the way. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's just so cool to me to see and to hear you share with such passion and enthusiasm, because I can hear it in your voice, just this new awakening almost that has opened up for you and the way that God is at work in your life and how he is right there authoring your story and how you get to be the co-author of that and, you know, bring it out into the world. And I don't know, we could go into a whole tangent there, which I think is is so amazing. And the other point that I wanted to make too was this idea of feeling disconnected from what you were doing, even though you had the money, you had the success, you had the following, but feeling like you weren't fully able to show up, that a part of you was showing up, but it wasn't all of you. And I think that this is a very common experience for many entrepreneurs where they feel as though because they've built an identity or a persona that a thing that people know them for, and then they have the desire on their heart to bring another piece of them into the mix. But there's a a fear of that or almost just an unknowing, like what will happen if I do that? What will happen if I share this part of me that nobody knows and what risk, you know, not really knowing the risk there. And On the flip side, also how when we disconnect from our businesses in that way, and when we are not sharing all of us, how it actually causes our audience to disconnect from us. So I guess I really have two questions in here. Number one, I would love to hear a bit more about, did you have some fears there related to really bringing this other aspect of your life, your faith and, you know, God and what he's doing in your life and bringing that into your business, number one. And then number two, did you sense a disconnect with your audience during the time that you felt disconnected from your business? Right. So let me answer the first, the, the second one first. 
definitely, I felt a disconnect starting with my audience. And which is why I started kind of introspecting and was like, what is going on? And why am I just doing the bare minimum and have stopped being motivated to, to create? What is this? And so I feel like, I think I was so into my own head that I really stopped noticing my audience. That is when you know there's a problem. And so I feel like, and then to answer your first question, the fear I think was less about me like showing up, you know, fully who I am, but more about confusing people. Um, and so right now, um, even though my, my front page right now is, is talking about my rebrand, but my whole website has not been rebranded yet because I wanted to come out. I'm currently working behind the scenes on everything, making everything nice and neat and tidy so that when I do rebrand, it's like, pow, it's all up there. Everyone, when they arrive on the site, they, they know exactly what's going on because I had changed my tagline to how to launch, grow and, and monetize a Christian blog. But then it was confusing because people were like, okay, so you're saying that you help Christians, but I see nothing about Christianity on your site. So that's why I, I decided that, you know, I'm just going to take that down for now and then completely do it behind the scenes so that like it can come as a whole package. But I think that there wasn't a fear anymore because I know exactly this is what God wants me to do. Like he revealed my five-year plan for me in the shower. <laughs> like I was praying the same prayer for five months. Uh, basically, I was like, God, give me a new purpose because I am feeling completely depleted of myself and I'm at the end of my rope. I need you. And yeah, he just revealed it to me. And like, I kid you not, it was like Tetris in my brain. Like all the little parts and pieces that have been floating around were like literally like click, 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 click. And I was like, oh my gosh, I ran out of the shower, ran downstairs and this huge notepad just started writing pages and pages of notes. And throughout the week, just thoughts kept on coming. And like, my creativity had dried up like five months ago and I was just completely dry, you know, for that season until that moment. So like, that's when you know that it's not you, you know, it's, it's not anything you've thought of. This is a plan. And so I think that like, no fear, but uh, just wanting to do the best job that I can so that it's not confusing. And I feel like right now it's, everyone is showing up and being who they truly are, whether they're coming out in whatever ways, you know, out of the closet, I'm like coming out of the closet Christian, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so because I felt like in business, I don't know why, but I felt like Christians were weak. And if you say that you're a Christian, you will be taken advantage of and people won't pay you and they'll just treat you as a charity case. And I have no idea where this thought came from, but that's what I thought. <laughs> wow. Isn't it interesting too, how these stories that we tell ourselves like that one, like, oh, you know, people will not pay you and they'll treat you as a charity case. It's so funny when you really do become aware of, I call it the mind chatter, but those voices in our head that are not of God and that are not actually true. And when you can get really good at questioning that and noticing, gosh, this is the thought that I keep having. And is this thought actually true? And then really unpacking that and saying, well, no, it's not. And is this the perspective that God holds for me? No, it's not. And even a concrete example of that, you know, a lot, you know, a lot of people and a lot of the students that we work with specifically struggle to detach their self-worth from the amount of work they're doing, right? The more I work, the more I feel fulfilled, which means the more worthy I am. And it's this story that just kind of gets wrapped up in their identity. But then when they can learn to separate their work from their worth, 
and start asking themselves the, these questions, right? Like, well, what is the story that I'm telling myself? That I'm not enough? Enough for what? Enough compared to what? Enough compared to whom? According to whom, right? And to really just unpack that, these myths, these stories that we tell ourselves and how interesting though, that when we aren't aware of that, how they can really drive us in a direction that we don't want to go. And they can inform our behavior, our actions, how we're able to show up. I love that you had, I call it those divine downloads. And I love that you had that in the shower. I have that all the time. I feel like the best ideas come in the shower. I talk to so many entrepreneurs who say the same thing. About the shower? I, yes. Isn't that what? funny? Yes. Crazy. Yes. So, and okay. So two things there. I think one, I've heard it said before, and I don't know if this is true or not, but I've heard it said that water is a conduit of energy, which is interesting to think on and ponder a bit. And then I think my personal theory on this is that when you're in the shower, your body is in motion, but your mind is still. Mm. And so often in our lives, it's the opposite. Our minds are in motion. We're working, we're communicating, we're talking, we're ha hammering out projects and doing things, but our bodies are often still. We're sitting at a desk. You know, we're sitting on our couch, we're sitting in our bed or wherever, you know, you're working from home these days in times of COVID. But in the shower, it's the opposite. Same thing with exercise sometimes too, where you're just kind of in this zone where your mind is really just blank, but your body is doing something. And I feel like that is prime time for when ideas and inspiration can flow. So I just want to say that to say that I think it is so cool that you had that in the shower and then you came out and it's like, oh my gosh, here, this is it. And it was so crystal clear. Yeah. And I would, I mean, I would relate that to like, you know, if you're looking to scale, to grow, to whatever your business, the first thing you need to do is actually pray and have him reveal to you what it is that like, it, it might be, it seems it's very countercultural. It seems like, oh, shouldn't you research, you know, but like, I mean, God is like the God of marketing as well. You know, he came and he like marketed his son. I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of weird to think about, but like, I mean, the Bible, you know, the book has been being, you know, it's, it's still number one in the world, you know? So like, he's the master marketer, you know? So he's the one you should be learning from, you know, if you're unsure what to do, ask him what you should do. Yeah. And he already has all the answers. And sometimes I think he's just waiting to reveal those to us. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, when I think of God and think of, gosh, his might and his power and also his gentleness and his willingness to wait on us, he's not going to insert himself where he doesn't feel he belongs. He waits for us to ask. And I think that there's some, something beautiful there that happens when we do ask for help, ask for that clarity, ask for the grace of knowing, the grace to see. And he will, he will give that to you because you've asked, but he waits for you to ask. Yeah. I'm curious too, whenever you were in that season where those five months where you just felt like so unmotivated and you were praying for an answer and praying for clarity, when you were in that time of introspection and to relate that to our listeners who might feel like they're in a place like this right now too, because 2020 has been a heck of a year <laughs> and many people are pivoting. They're in that space of unknowing where I call it the door of confusion. You're like standing at that door knocking like, okay, please let me on the other side just so I can see, <laughs> you know, because I, I can't see right now and things just feel confusing and unclear. What were some of the steps that you took in those moments to get quiet? and to pay attention and to listen and 
talk us through that process. And, you know, maybe for someone listening, this will offer something to them too that they can do and take away from this episode and implement into their life right now as well. Yeah. So I think like, because I had like uh, many of your listeners had already built a business, it was already kind of running a little bit on, I was doing the bare minimum, just maintaining it. I wasn't growing it or anything, but it was already on autopilot in a sense. So it was taking care of itself. And so I was able to actually just completely, and plus I, I didn't have the motivation to do anything. So except for pray and except for read devos and, and thank God it was, you know, the, it was nice weather outside uh, living in Chicago. So I was just outside of my patio for basically five months in the word, in devotionals, praying. Like I was just like literally doing nothing else except for just being in his presence. And if you don't feel like you have that, you know, desire, pray for that desire because he's the one who gives, who gives it to you. And then I started basically looking out for mentors because I felt like I was like in my business, I was so in my head that I needed to reach out to people in my, uh, in my community. So I reached out to my church and I was like, Hey, is there any mentors that like you would recommend? And so they recommended a spiritual guide uh, mentor for me, started talking to her. And actually before that, one of my neighbors, she like, you know, used to work at McDonald's as they're like really high up there has now started her own business. And I asked her if she would mentor me. And she's like, of course. And so she was the one who told me that I needed a few couple mentors. One was depending on the aspects of your life that you want to grow. And so I came down to career, life in general, and spirituality. And so that's why, you know, I, and so I got three mentors as well as a counselor, <laughs> like a therapist. So I could just kind of talk through some stuff because, you know, when COVID happened for the first time, you know, I was like super depressed and I didn't know it until I was like watching this show. And on the show, I exhibited the same behaviors and habits as the people who needed help. And I was like, oh my God, I'm depressed. <laughs> it was like, so thankfully I was watching that show. But yeah, what was the question again? <laughs> <laughs> oh, just like your process for really getting introspective. And I think that is beautiful. Two things that jumped out at me that you just said, you know, number one, seeking seeking help, not only from God and asking him to reveal to you his plan, but seeking help outside of yourself, because we can get so in our head as business owners and we're so close to the work that we're doing. And sometimes it can be hard to get a really objective perspective. And I think when, you know, I don't know if this is true for everybody, but this has been true for me at various points in my life where the tendency to complain to a family member or a friend, or even a coworker or colleague has been there where it's like, I'm just in this funk and I just don't know what to do. And so we don't tend to seek help. We tend to seek validation Uh. and through complaining, but that's not productive. It's not going to help you see objectively the path forward. So that was such a smart move to seek help outside of yourself and to recognize those areas that you wanted the help and that you needed the help and to be open to receiving that help. So that is huge. And then the other piece too, that I think is so interesting, and you said it and it was just briefly, but to just be, you're just sitting out there on your patio for five months, being in the word, praying and just being, mm-hmm. and that can be so hard it's, to do. It's extremely hard. So it was, it's really ironic because it wasn't until the, at the end of the five months that I finally started being okay with being 
And then he revealed, I was like, okay, God, like (laughs) I was just getting comfortable. (laughs) Then he's like, no, no, back to work. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So good. And I think that there is so much to be said for that. When we can just still ourselves long enough, like you said, to the point where it almost gets comfortable, which takes a while because it is so uncomfortable at first. But when we can practice incorporating that stillness into our life, how much more we're able to grow because of how much more we're listening, how much more we're tuning in, and how much more we're seeking not to solve problems outside of us until we first take a look at what's going on inside of us. Right. And it's it's actually a very practical thing to do. Like, I mean, I feel like we prioritize almost busyness and we like it. It gives us a, a kick, you know, kind of like, oh, I, I'm, I'm being productive. When in reality, the most productive thing you can be is, as you said, taking a step back and just like allowing your mind to be at rest because just like your body, your mind needs to rest too. And so, but in our culture, it's not looked at, you know, as a good thing. Like, you know, when I was chilling out on the patio, you know, I mean, my husband, thank God he's very supportive, <laughs> but uh, he's like, Hey, like, how's your book? You know, instead of like, Hey, why aren't you, you know, getting stuff done, you know, but in reality I was getting stuff done. I was getting myself back to a point where I could actually be functional, you know? And so if however long that takes you, it's important to prioritize and think that it's actually important because the first few months I was like, this is so dumb. Like, I hate this. This is like, I'm just trash. Like I was talking like that to myself and God was just like, this is all I ask for you to do on this earth. Yes. I give you a mission, but more than anything, I want a relationship with you. I just want you to like, come to me first. That, that, that's all. And he was my last resort. In fact, he was my 911 call. <laughs> like when all things, you know, crashed, God, where are you? And he's like, do I know you? Like you, you call me once every year, you know what I mean? So yeah, getting your life back on track, um, might not necessarily look like a practical quote unquote success marketing map or whatever. I say the, you know, it's, it's just getting right with God and being in relationship with him because I mean, as he said in the word, you know, like everything that you desire, if it aligns with his will, then it will be complete and it will come to fruition. But first you need to get to know him in order to get to know his will in order to do it. And so we think of it backwards. We're like, oh, like this is my will. God, how are you going to help me with my will? Even though I think it like, oh, but I'm going to phrase it like it's your will. Like that was, I mean, I'm just talking from myself. Like this is what I was doing. You know, I was like, God bless my plans instead of like, God, what are your plans? And how can I, how can I do them for you? Yeah, such a beautiful distinction and such a great awareness. And you're right. It is completely countercultural. It's not sexy to sit there and be like, okay, I'm doing nothing. I feel like I'm twiddling my thumbs. Like, where's the action here? You know? And, and I think that is so key when we can learn how to do that, to be okay with just being how much faster we're able to grow because of it. And I would say for me, it was less about learning how to do it, but actually just doing it. Like, you know, getting out in the patio and reading, you know, instead of like, oh, I think I should, because I did this a lot. I was like, I think I should do that. 
And then I'm like, well, but then I do something else. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yes, definitely. Oh, I love that. And I could seriously sit here and talk with you all day. I have enjoyed every moment of our conversation. And I'm really curious to hear now too, especially in light of all of these shifts that you have had this past year, these past several months, and in light of where you're headed with what's on your horizon. And with this conversation, which I feel is a perfect segue, this, this point where we've just talked about being and stillness and finding that quiet space and listening. I'm really curious to hear, Elaine, what does it mean to you to live an effortless life? For me, I would say it is just when you totally learn to rely on God and allow him to be the CEO, step down from the CEO. You are his CMO. Okay. You're marketing his plans. He is in the proper place. You're prioritizing him. That way you're not, you know, having to readjust or anything because I mean, he, he, he has a plan, you know, you're just waiting and listening and learning his plan. Um, but on a practical worldly note, I would say learn to like how I've been able to scale is just automations. I, the, the first thing I invested in was a social media automator so that I looked like I was online all the time when I wasn't. And it also, uh, I re-queued my content. So basically I, I put everything at, you know, 90 day cycle, every 90 days, it would recycle my content. So I haven't touched that scheduler in two years, you know? Um, so like doing things that will have a longer lasting impact and using technology for your benefit. Another thing is email marketing and setting up sales sequences that and making little tweaks that work. And so instead of you sitting there and scratching your brain, thinking about what's the next email you should send, it is you already have a sales sequence in place. And every single time someone signs up, they go through certain steps and, and you, it, you, know, and you set it up on the back end so that you're not doing the grunt work. You know, so using the tools that are in place, you know, in business in order to automate as much as possible and delegate as much as possible. If you have interns, if you have coworkers, teammates, whatever it is, the less they have to look to you to like provide the ultimate answer, the better, you know, let them do the work, let them do what they're good at, you know, or empower them to do that. Um, I feel like for me, I think that was like the biggest thing was just, I love delegating (laughs) because I want to empower the next person to do what they're, you know, what they're designed to do. And that in essence is almost like an automation as well. Um, So I would say those are the top four things that I would say to how to live an effortless life. Awesome. I love that. Effortless life and business. That is what we are all about. Elaine, thank you so much for your time today. This has been an incredible conversation. Thank you for your witness in the world and for being here to share your wisdom and expertise with us. Thank you so much. This was an absolute pleasure. What a powerful story, wasn't it? I hope that you feel inspired to own your truth, to speak your message, and to lean into the ideas that make their way to you. They're there for a reason, and it is up to you to bring them to life. If you're looking for guidance on how to do that, then join me for my next live virtual workshop where I will show you step-by-step how to own your power and step fully into your role, a visionary leader that your business needs to reach the next level. I'm going to help you get the structure and the systems in place in your business that you need to get out of overwhelm, step away from all the behind-the-scenes busy work so that you can experience more freedom 
in your life and in your business and finally be seen as an authority in your space. I would love to have you join me for this next workshop. And we do these by invite only. So you'll need to make sure that you add yourself to our waitlist so that my team can notify you via email as soon as we have the date and time for the next training. You can do that right now at CourtneyElmer.com slash CEO. You can enter your info there. That's how we'll know where to notify you as soon as the next training is set to go live. CourtneyElmer.com slash CEO. And while you've got your phone out, if you've ever got a question that you want to ask me, come follow me on Instagram at CourtneyElmer underscore. That's my personal account. So you can connect directly with me there where I also share helpful tools to help you get where you want to go with less hard work and hustle. Now, coming up next week on the show, I'm going to spill the beans and share with you the $23,000 mistake that I made and the three most valuable lessons I learned from it. So make sure you hit subscribe so that you know as soon as that episode drops and join me back here next week. Until then, go live your effortless life. I'll see you next time. As you might have heard me mention inside this episode, if you want to join me for our next live workshop where I'm going to show you how to avoid the biggest mistakes that cause most podcasts to fail within the first 12 months and literally walk you through the exact framework that we teach our students to launch their shows in the top 100 and convert more of their listeners to clients, just go to the effortlesslife.co forward slash podcast workshop. That's the effortlesslife.co forward slash podcast workshop. 